Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, part in the podcast. What is it now, Karen? Episode 15. Hello and, and welcome back to the What Is Now, Karen podcast. My God, we've got an episode <laughs> in store tonight. I think we've got so much to talk about. I'm Joe. I'm here with Beth. Hello. Tonight we're going to be delving deep into the strange, mysterious relationship between the Union Jack, Queen Elizabeth II and um, online Karens. <laughs> how, have you, how have you been, Bethany? I'm good. I've been painting. For leisure? No, I, or like no I've been painting my kitchen. Okay. What colour you go for? Just white. I don't really, I don't, I've got a very, very small kitchen, so I don't actually really have much wall space. It's really just like cupboards and then the ceiling, so. Right, okay. What colour are the cabinets? White. Hmm. Yeah. Bridal white, white snow. Virginal. <laughs> no, we both know that's not true. Um, apart from that, anything interesting? Visited a few people in the garden, which was nice. Um, and that's really about it. Painting my kitchen ceiling and visiting people in the garden. <laughs> But I mean, that is like exhilarating stuff compared to what we've Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, I was shattered. I've also been out enjoying the sunshine. I managed to see my family for the first time in a while. Social distance, of course. <laughs> of course. And, and then we, we, we exchanged Christmas presents. God. Uh, what is it? March, mid, late, mid to late March. And you are not going to believe what I got for my Christmas. <laughs> you get <laughs> a toasty maker. Not another one. <laughs> not another one. But actually, this time I'm really grateful for it because I don't have one, and I've and I've not been eating toasties. I've not been able to eat toasties, so I'm now one toasty maker up, which is great. Absolutely sensational. But yet, what a bizarre experience to have a bag full of like Christmas presents in March. Yeah, I got a, a another toast maker, which is 
She's like, I'm actually pleased this time. Okay, if you did, that, the, very practical. Very practical. The only issue is I don't, I've got quite a small kitchen and at the moment there's absolutely no surface space whatsoever for oh, oh, I don't. My kitchen is very small, as I've just mentioned. I literally don't have any space on the wall. It's just like cabinets and then the ceiling. I have an air fryer, a toasting machine, a coffee machine, a pressure cooker. Mm. Um, else a pressure have? cooker? On your... <laughs> You routinely use that? That's something that I would like keep in a cupboard. <laughs> it's in the cupboard, but it's just a, there's just a lot of um, appliances. A microwave, kettle, toaster. There should, be, there should be something that does everything in one. Boils, mm. toasts, microwaves. Somebody's got to invent that, surely. Yeah. Yeah, toasties are, toasties are go, so I'll, I'll let you all know how I get on next week with my, with my toasties. If you don't know the history behind the toasty makers you can um you can go back to the christmas special and listen um i've got an infamous tale about a, <laughs> a penny a panini grill on a pair of desi boots <laughs> oh did i tell you i'm learning to drive no that's quite a big update ah it's quite a big update when well, i say learning i'm just like driving with learning plates on Right. With Andy in the car, obviously, not just like taking the car off by myself. Um, no formal lessons yet. So I've, I've driven twice, and both times I've um, I had to get I had to stop and get Andy to um, take over. One time I drove from from work um, in the dark, and uh, obviously we had to like avoid the motorway, so we're going this like long way around, and then we kind of got lost, and then. I finally figured out where I was and then Andy told me to go left at a roundabout when we had to go right and I was like, we've gone the wrong way. He was like, we'll just stop then. And I, <laughs> I went to park on the side of the road and he was like, stop! I was like, okay, but I can't stop right now because there's a car right behind me. So I like pulled in and stopped and he was like, that was far too fast. He was like, you just parked this car at 20 miles an hour. <laughs> but you also live and work in like the city centre. So fair play for... I feel like I was in like a car park for like four lessons before I rolled. <laughs> and then like an industrial estate or something? Yeah. Well, but it's because like you can't really, you're not, like lessons aren't necessarily allowed right now, but like essential journeys are fine. So like the two times I've driven, one time was coming home from work. So like I'm obviously like commuting home. And the second time I drove to Big Tesco. And that time I got beeped at within about two minutes of driving. But I actually have since worked out it wasn't me that the person was beeping at. I got st- okay, who's beeping at a learner driver? Well, exactly. And then that same trip on the way home from the shops, we got lost again and somebody kept flashing their lights at me. I was like, Andy, that guy's flashing at me. What's going on? And he was like, it's nothing, it's fine. And then we were lost again. So I like pulled in and then the guy that was flashing his lolly behind us like pulled up beside us. I was like, oh my God, here we go. What the, what's he going to say? So I like tried, I was like panicking. I tried to put the window down. I put the back window down. <laughs> and then um, he was like, your lights? I was like, what? He was like, your lights aren't on? I was like, oh, sorry. And then he like drove off. And this, it was dark. It was oh, pitch black. So anyway, they've both been mildly chaotic. You're still alive. It's not alive. Can you remember your first driving lesson? What was it like? I think it was quite uneventful. Have I told you? 
Do you know how many drive instructors I like? Don't say went through, but <laughs> <laughs> so my driving instructor. So my first no, driving instructor. No more than two, surely. No, wait to hear this. My first driving instructor went to Australia to get away from you <laughs> to so, the other side of the world. Second driving instructor. This one's quite a shame, actually. She had MS, so. She was always kind of in crutches, but then eventually she was in like a wheelchair, so she wasn't able to do driving lessons anymore. The third one went on to become like a trainer for like bus drivers. Is that from the driving lesson world? It must be, yeah. So we went on to teach people how to drive buses and then eventually passed with the fourth one. (laughs) Four? God's sake. Yeah. And how and over what space of time is that for driving instructors? Um well I, I started when I was seventeen, but then obviously with as like instructors left, it kinda of took me a while to find a new one. So I think I passed when I was nineteen. So two years. God, this that's a shame for you, like no continuity. <laughs> no. I passed first time though, mainly because I've been doing lessons for two years. <laughs> You're essentially a dry, a seasoned driver. Yeah. <laughs> you used to always not let me have a, an opinion about cars and driving. Because I have a license. Is that, has it been a regular occurrence in our life that you've like tried to have an opinion? Maybe if you've been like snarky commenting about my driving, I'd have said, shut up, you can't drive. <laughs> I think it's fair enough. I think I on this podcast... We really regularly you... speak about cars and driving, do we? But yeah, if you've ever made a snarky comment about my driving, it probably would have told you sharp. Yeah, people tell me sharp quite a lot. <laughs> I've got a couple of things to talk about. Um, one of them is a, a submission. Our listener who who told us that they shopped in Waitrose. So we had a listener who said that, you know, that, that they agreed that Morrison's is the worst of the worst. Um, but if you think shopping at M&S is class treachery, then I dread to think what you'd say about me shopping at Waitrose. And we called that person a, a pre-Tory. I, <laughs> the, the visceral thrill I got from hearing a message read out on a podcast, followed by the anger of being described as a pre-Tory. I acknowledge it's problematic behaviour, but I'd never be a Tory. <laughs> A roller coaster of emotion. I know. Well, I think they're protesting too much there. Mm. We only said you were a pre-Tory. We didn't say you were a Tory. Yeah. Sound a little bit insecure about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's enough chit chat. Let's get down to business. Yeah. Let's get down to business. To defeat. Okay, so we go, is it um, Karen of the Week time? Yeah, but you can say it with more enthusiasm than that. Sorry. Is it Karen of the Week time? Karen of the Week time. Okay, so our Karen of the Week for episode 15 was actually sent in by one of our listeners. And it's probably the most kind of on-brand like tweet, do you think? Oh, it's like, it's perfect. It's kind of got, it's got everything. It's got all the elements of all of our Karens. So it's a tweet by an account called Save Our Statues, Robert. Save Our Statues. 
And it's the story. So, yeah, for context, it was the BBC Breakfast presenters were interviewing the a Tory MP. Housing Secretary Robert Jenrick. And he actually was involved in something a few months ago. Him and another... There was cronyism on the go between him and another Tory minister where they essentially both helped each other get certain things passed in Parliament that were that were beneficial to themselves. But I need to look into that. Like one of them led the vote for one thing and another for the other. But um, he was... It was him that had been interviewed and the first... Um, Breakfast presenter said, um, Charlie, Charlie State said, I think your flag's not up to standard size government interview measurements. I think it's just a little bit small, but that's your department really, just a thought. Because obviously, in a weird sort of PR move, all kind of Tory ministers and MPs have like flags in their house, which is just the most bizarre thing ever. So they were kind of laughing about it. So I think the, the, the hosts were like, Mm, your flag doesn't look quite big enough there in the background. <laughs> and then there was like, yeah. and then and then he hung up, and then they were like, oh, and then Naga, God bless Naga, she was like, oh, and he had a he had a lovely picture of the Queen there as well, because he had a framed photo of the Queen. Matt Hancock like, as well has a massive picture of the Queen as well, but it's almost like a kind of Andy Warhol sort of style, like it's huge. The one in the one in this guy's. Um, walls it was weird it was it was enormous right it was honestly like but it was also like do you know how people have like professional photos of themselves hanging up in their house or like their grandparents that's what it was like it was a giant headshot of the queen but like not even like a young queen like looking like retro and cool it was like the 90 year old queen like really close up her face it was like bizarre look i can understand it for like briefings and parliament and stuff like that you know we have the flag but you have you know whatever but in their house like that's a that's been a pr decision like someone said to all the kind of tory ministers and mp like you know you need to jake they all got sent them out i think they did i think there honestly must be like a there's like a unified message or something for brandon like and it's probably a lot to do with brexit and a lot to do with scottish independence as well like we have to start being consistent with our you know talking about the union and getting the flag in there and talking about the queen and like building up a sense of because realistically like there isn't like a in my eyes there's not like a a british national identity that isn't like caricature like do you know what i mean like if you talk about british culture like is it like the queen in a red london bus and fish and chips that's not culture that's just like cartoonish so i think what they've tried to do is like build this idea of like britishness but it really all does center on like a flag it's very american well, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's weird because obviously like kids in America have to pledge allegiance to a flag every morning, which is like cult-like. That's what it is, becoming a bit like a cult. So what did Robert say? Robert says, Just the BBC presenters sniggering about our flag and our queen. Nothing to see here. Hashtag defund the BBC. Defund the beeb. Defund the beeb. But that's, that's funny as well that they've, they've taken that um, defund... Like from like <laughs> the, the the movement was defund the police as in stop giving police forces army sized budgets like they're supposed to protect us not control us defund the BBC but the, the, I think in my eyes the irony is that the BBC is like 
so impartial as to actually be and actually quite sympathetic towards the government. So like I don't know why he was he would be calling for defunding the BBC, but anyway. Yeah. I think the, the irony sometimes with the BBC is that both sides, you know, whether you're right wing, left wing, whatever spec whatever position you sit in the spectrum, people think the BBC is biased. And like, well, if both people if both sides think it's biased, then maybe that's a good thing. But anyway, I just thought save our statues, Robert. The flag shagger is also a statue shagger. <laughs> there is this weird, like, not what's the what's the what's a trinity but four things, and it's like statues, poppies, the Union Jack, and the Queen. Like these, like four things are always like, up on a pedestal. I saw a, a car with a poppy on it yesterday. It's March. Yeah, poppies are kind of in that. Um... Yeah, with flags. Oh, statues is a very is very new to the game. Statues are new to the game, and actually, there was some really there was some beef on Twitter that I really did not predict regarding statues, and it was between um, Piss Morgan and Jedward of all people. Jedward. And Jedward had tweeted, "Get that Winston Churchill statue and f it into." Piers Morgan's back garden. It has no place in today's society. Wait, Jedward are always on like the right side of like political issues and they're very outspoken. But um Piss replied and he's um he's really he's um summed himself up as a, a flag a flag muncher and uh and a Karen because he's got great sentence structure here. A I'd be honoured to have that statue in my garden. B. Churchill saved Britain from the Nazis and contribu- contributed more to society every time he breathed than you talentless, disrespectful clowns have done in your combined 58 years of gormless, tuneless imbecility. <laughs> really great adjectives in there. Really yeah. great sentence structure. And um, he's managed to mention statues, Churchill and the Nazis. All in one. Fantastic effort. When the irony is that this kind of weird flag-waving, queen-loving, you know, statue-worshipping is borderline, you know, Nazi territory? (laughs) No? Yeah, like this, like, cult of personality. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's been on, he's, 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 like, a huge fan of Churchill when he was on before talking to, do you know the wee green MSP Ross can't remember his last name. Is it Ross Greer or something like that? The ginger one. He's ginger, yeah. Wears glasses. Mm-hmm. They were debating about Churchill on Good Morning Britain, and um, the Ross Greer guy absolutely schooled Piers Morgan and said, "You know, he was he, he was a fascist. He hated Indian people. He was racist. He had concentration camps. He deliberately starved them to death." Da 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 da. Yeah, he won the war, but the minute the, the soldiers came home, they all voted him out, and he lost the next election. And Piers Morgan was like. Just like all they could say was that's disrespectful. He won the war. He saved. He saved Britain from the Nazis. Da 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 da. Actually, people fight physically fight the war that saved saved the country from Nazis, not Churchill himself. Yeah. But um, in that um, exchange, Ross Greer <laughs> had said, "Well, Piers, you tried to accuse me of racism yesterday because I said you looked like a honey roast gammon joint." <laughs> <laughs> 
any is? Yeah, is that Honey Roast Gammon? Actually, it's not even Honey Roast, because Honey Roast suggests a lovely sweetness, and he's not even sweet, he's just, like, annoying. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I thought I would also give an honourable mention to um, this other Twitter account. Talking about a similar topic, um, the account is called Labour Our Toast. <laughs> and the profile picture is Pretty Patel in like some sort of superhero costume. But this account says, if you don't like your country or Union Jack, then leave. Find another country and another flag. Take yourself and your belongings on the next flight out of here and I guarantee at least 17.4 million people will stand on their doorsteps and clap. clap. <laughs> what is it with doorstep clapping? Oh no. Another thing that they've invented, clap for the NHS, clap for Captain Dom, clap for Boris. Is the 17.4 million people, is that a reference to Brexit? I think that's the number of people that voted leave. Okay. Well, the irony there is then is that they've prevented our freedom of movement so we can't just pack up and leave and live in another country. So, <laughs> that. That's got the same vibe of, like, someone who, like, you know, Britain is for the British or, like... Yeah. That kind of vibe of, like, you must love... If you live in this country, you absolutely must love it. You must worship the Queen. You must adore the flag. You know, if you don't get lost, don't live here. But it's like, well, I'm allowed to be critical of the place that I live in, like, <laughs> Like if you hate it, hate it and leave that. That's what that's what people that's what refugees do. Like they are in danger or they hate their country they live in or they're under threat. So they leave and they flee and they come here looking for help. 
and then the same the same there's a significant crossover between the same people who like worship the flag who also you know are like voted leave close the borders that kind of thing so you can't have it both ways and what you were saying earlier as well like about it being american is it's true it's like you almost can't even you can't even be seen to question it now it's like so like if you're a B, if you're a bbc presenter either you either have to toe the expected line to not annoy people which is like oh lovely to see the queen or like that's a nice flag or whatever or say nothing at all like you're not allowed to be counter to the narrative if you know what i mean why why is it such a big deal for them to laugh at the, the flag and say oh your flag's not quite big enough like that's banter like that's just them having like banter with their guest yeah. like people jump on it it's just it's just it's just what it's a bit sinister that you you can't even you'd accuse of like disrespect and you know being outrageous if you question i i know what you mean it's just kind of teetering on the edges of being a bit worrying that you know bbc presenters are having to apologize for you know making fun of someone who's got a massive flag in his house like that's weird like people don't have that in their houses especially the way that it's kind of presented it's very like i don't know like if you were to have a flag in your room you would sort of have it kind of on the wall maybe but even the way that they're all kind of hanging like half masked it's very like like we've said a conscious kind of image that they're trying to present so it's just weird Naga. She apparently liked some tweets that were like directed towards Robert Jenrick and like quite like scathing of him and like quote unquote offensive. Um, I think that was fair enough because I think she liked tweets calling him a flag shagger. So uh, <laughs> that, I mean that is I don't think that's a that is objectively offensive. I suppose that is objectively offensive and I guess she maybe shouldn't like that on Twitter. Um, but she also got um, into trouble for the BBC as well because she, she, I think she, she quite rightly called Donald Trump racist, branded his remarks. Right, he told. Remember, Donald Trump told like there was a group of female senators or congresswomen, um, like Alexandra Ocasio Cortez and and other people, and he told them all to go back to their own countries because they're all of like ethnic minorities. And she said, you know, that's he's a racist that's racist and she was told by BBC to like apologize for saying that I was like but yes and that's blatantly a racist thing he said and she's called it out and yeah the BBC are so like that's that's where the BBC is weird like because they're so desperate for impartiality that that they won't even call a spade a spade yeah but then like I've said it's like on the I can't and it's annoying that I can't think of an example off the top of my head but like that on the Opposite, on the opposite end, you have people who are, you know, right-wing Brexiteers who think that the BBC is biased. Do you know what I mean? And, and, it's that, and it's because they've got this weird thing, like you've said, of impartiality where, you know, the way that they report it, reporting it just now is sometimes strange. But do you feel, I guess, like, I don't know, maybe it's just because of the side of the side of the coin that I'm on, but, like, for instance, like, I don't see... Whenever, when when I see like that, like the Union Jack always there in like a an interview, it does it almost it does feel like propaganda. Like it's all it's like a constant subliminal like presence, like the Queen and the Union Jack and all these government interviews and like 
see when I see like a saltire or something, like I don't get the same. I don't get the same. And do you know what I mean like I feel like a saltire is never pushed upon things or like foisted upon things? Mm-hmm. Like it's flown at government I've buildings. I've definitely seen it more. It's because they're in all the everyone's houses, like all the Tory parties' like houses. Because obviously we're doing a lot. They're doing a lot of Zoom interviews, and people are like working from home. And it's just having them in their house, which is just bizarre. It's weird. It's like, we know you're a Tory. We know you're a part of the UK government. You don't need to have a flag there like that. It's, it is truly bizarre. Save our statues, though. <laughs> Brilliant username. Like, nobody, like, save them. Save them from what? Like, nobody's really... Like, there's been one statue toppled that I can think of. It's just funny how, like... I mean, I really hadn't given it the statue a thought, you know, <laughs> before, <laughs> like, last year. And I'm, I guarantee that a lot of people who are, you know, fiercely defensive of our statues, whatever they may be, I don't imagine they give it a second thought before last year until they were seemingly under threat but and I don't want to generalize but I'm sure if you asked all these people who are very you know who love the statues statue shaggers whatever you want to call them like the history behind the statues that they're defending yeah would they would they fully appreciate and understand would they fully appreciate you know what the statues you know signified or represented but probably not because they probably swept up again in this like idea of like what what there's a weird idea of a part of what Britishness is apparently, but you know it's nothing of the sort. It's the same way that Piers Morgan can sit and listen to like the cold hard facts about you know how Churchill was took great joy in starving Indian people, you know was like, overtly racist about about people concentration camps and the like can listen to those facts and still be like no he was a hero yeah it's and it's really so people are like oh yeah but that's our history and we need to own it and blah 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 and uh, our history of slavery you know we need to it needs to be remembered but in a museum not in a sort of not in a gold or bronze statue that represents you know a statue is usually something positive because you're celebrating someone's life. I saw a great interview with. I'm trying to find their name because they. So uh, I can't. I can't remember what they were called, but they were like these. This, these Irish guys who are like in a. They're like they make music and um. They were in this interview and they were saying like, why do Irish people not like English or the British or something like that? And they were saying like, it's a fact that you. You can't acknowledge your history and your past. Like you don't have any remorse. That's the difference between like the UK and Germany. Like Germany acknowledged it's a really difficult past, and all the kids learn about it, and they they like confront it and they get over it and they move on. Whereas like the UK just buries it and sweeps it under the carpet and doesn't doesn't ever talk about it because you know it's too. Because again, they want to keep this like weird facade of like the UK being this brilliant country when it's actually been pretty bloody horrific yeah. history. and also basically has like no not that power is something to desire but like has absolutely no sway or power in the world whatsoever like where it's a tiny wee speck of an island 
with like 50 million people in it. It's not in a, in a, in a failing economy. It's not like a, it's not like a world power. Oh my God, I've just realised the UK has like small man syndrome. Oh my God, it totally does. <laughs> Overcompensates, is a bit arrogant, but deep down just very insecure because he's small in every department. <laughs> Every man that I've met who's short, they'll usually ask me what height I am and I'll reply with my height, which is five foot ten, and they'll all say, No, you're not, because I'm five foot ten and I'm well. (laughs) You're not. (laughs) Obviously these like grown men have like flags and pictures of the queen in their like bedrooms which to me is just a bit weird like when I was growing up I had like posters and different things like at what age is it like weird to still have like posters and things up in your bedroom oh like I think you move away from like posters to like I've certainly moved away from posters to like framed things now so it's essentially yeah, just like a frame. <laughs> prints and canvases it's much yeah. more classic Mm-hmm. I don't think I I don't really see the place for like a, I never had flags in my bedroom. I had like a small saltire, I think, like a tiny little one on like a wee stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think flat like flags on flagpoles or not. Not on a flag, maybe on the like you said on the wall or something, but not like a flagpole in your bedroom. They're not. They are not an interior design choice. That should never come into the equation. Also, like, it looks quite sad. Like, I thought the whole point of a flag is that you, it's stretched out and you can see it. Like, there's no wind inside, so it's just, like, a piece of cloth hanging off a pole. Draped. I had, um, like, posters and, like, concert tickets and... Yeah, I had all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was weird that he had a framed picture of, like, a portrait of the Queen, but, like, nothing of his family up. Or, like, yeah. him. I don't know if it was like in his office or maybe it was just his office or maybe it was like his Westminster flat or something. But I just thought it was a bit, it was just a bit clinical and like very strange. Yeah, because it wasn't like it was even Matt Hancock, like I said, has like a kind of, you know, artistic picture of the Queen, which is kind of maybe, you know, the kind of Rolling Stones kind of like picture of the Queen. I almost think that's even... You could maybe get away and say, oh, that's like a piece of art. But this was it, Robert... Jenrick, is that his name? Jenrick. It's like just a portrait of the Queen, like a passport oh picture of the Queen. I also think that the, the, the artist style could almost be conceived as a little bit weirder because it's like, well, the Queen's not like a cool, like it's not like Barack Obama with his like two-toned portrait with hope. That was like quite a cool trendy yeah. thing to have in 2008. But like also just generally, like I don't think I would have any framed pictures of people that weren't like my friends or my family. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know how people have like, Princess like frame pictures of, like Princess Die and stuff like or like weird stuff like that. Yeah. Like even I see some people with like frame pictures of Nicola Sturgeon and I'm like, what are you doing? Like that's so strange to me. A lot of my family I think have um, pictures of the Pope. Uh the Pope Pope John Paul II are making uh, Pope John exception. Paul II, yeah. <laughs> that's mainly all Pope John Paul II. Because <laughs> he obviously he obviously came to Glasgow, it was a big deal and everyone's got pictures of so did um, Pope Benedict came to Glasgow. I th- he didn't really have the same personality as Pope John Paul. No. But yeah, I don't have any... Um, I even find it a bit awkward having 
frame pictures of like myself in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so that's so narcissistic. Yeah, well, even me with other people, I just think, oh, yeah, is that narcissistic? Like to have, because then I'm like, if people come into my house when obviously COVID allows, like, are they going to look at that and go, no? She thinks she's it. She likes the smell of her own farts. <laughs> or like, oh, she obviously thinks she's good looking there because she's got it framed in her house. <laughs> she's went to the trouble of print now and get it framed. <laughs> well, that's on, that's enough of a whistle stop tour of flags for me for one day. My head is spinning and throbbing with questions and no answers. I don't think I'll ever understand it, but that was good fun. Um, what have you have you got any plans for for the next next wee while over the next few weeks if we get nice weather? No. More walks. More, more walks. Yeah, more sitting in the garden. Yay! More walks. Yeah. I'm going to try and uh, we've got a wee patch of stones outside the front of our flat that apparently is like ours. Um, I'm going to try and spruce that up a bit because right now it's just stones and cigarette ends. I don't know who, who stands out there and just flicks her cigarette ends into my bloody stones, but I'm not having it anymore. You make a wee sign. <laughs> but I'm going to put planters around the edge of it so that people don't just flick. Do you know this is the second home that I've lived in where people have flicked, religiously flicked their, their cigarette ends into my garden? When we lived in Dundee, do you remember that house that we lived in in Dundee and it was like the townhouse mm-hmm. so I there would be like cigarette ends in like the like the driveway around the front and I'd be like who is it, like none of us smoke, like what's going on here one day I came home and it was like a family had moved in next door they were quite an odd family, at one point the dad was outside in his pants fighting a guy like in the middle of the street <laughs> and this is like a student student area of Dundee, it wasn't like do you know what I mean it was just I was a bit they were a bit incongruent with the rest of the people that lived there. Mm. But anyway, one time I was coming home like in the dark and I could see the 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 woman in the house like on the top floor like smoking a cigarette. I could see the lit end of her cigarette out the window. Mm-hmm. And she used to always do this like this first time I caught like caught her doing it. But like any time she was at the door smoking and you were coming up to go into your door, she would just like go inside and close the door she wouldn't like like avoid you it was very strange mm-hmm. but this time i watched her she was at the top floor she took a i was coming up to the house so it wasn't even like she was at the door and trying to avoid me she took a draw of her cigarette flicked it into her garden and then slammed her window shut i was like <laughs> yeah, i wanted to be like excuse me <laughs> That's my that those are that's my moss covered driveway that you're flicking your cigarette in. It's not like I had a prized Chelsea Flourishow garden on the go, but I was just like, excuse me, that's my dirty driveway. Don't be flicking your cigarette ends in here. But this was after her husband had been in the street in his pants and his slippers fighting either his own son or his daughter's boyfriend. So I was like, I'm not chapping the door, I'm not having No. You don't want to be another victim. Another victim of the he was wearing quite loose boxers as well. You could definitely have. Oh, don't. That's a wardrobe malfunction. Oh, yeah, that was a nice wee episode. Yeah, if you if you enjoyed um, if you enjoyed listening, give us a subscribe or a download or a like or whatever the kids do these days. We're on Acast, Spotify, uh, YouTube still. YouTube still, Apple Podcasts. 
were everywhere like a bad rash and you can um, submit stuff to us as well we like like um like we had this week we had a good submission to to spark an episode you can send stuff to us on instagram what is it now karen and you can email it and the address is what is it now karen at gmail.com and you can go and listen to all our other episodes as well there's like 14 yeah. or 15 episodes where we dissect the world do you think we'll still do this when lockdown's over bethany We'll see. <laughs> I would like it if we did. Yeah. But it'd also be fun to look back on and say, oh, that's what we did when we were locked down. We made podcasts. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 